Welcome once again to Oakwood Connect. This is Pastor Ariel together with uh, Elder John Trombley. And we're continuing our journey through the Beatitudes. And in this episode, we're going to be looking at the Beatitude entitled, The Merciful. Hey, John. Good morning. Good to be in front of you again. And uh, there's some exciting things happening. We're not in front of the equipment we typically record on. <laughs> uh, God has provided for us uh, Oakwood's own audio equipment. Very it's cool. Awesome. Yes. You yep. Good with over the ear headphones. Yeah. This, this is, is uh, flashbacks. It is. Yes. Yeah. I feel a little weird actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if we've mentioned this in, in previous uh, episodes, but you used to do radio. Is that I, right? I did. Very. You know. Uh, I did it very briefly. Um, but uh, yeah. So this is all. This equipment looks kind of familiar. It's just much smaller and portable. <laughs> More digital. Uh, but yeah, praise the Lord. And uh, God knows how to prepare us for some of the things in the future. Um, so we're going to be looking at uh, another few beatitude. And uh, I, I think you picked up on the pattern. We begin to actually have to define what these words means before we even start talking about them. Yeah, it's funny. It's, it seems like my, my opening line is always a definition. <laughs> call, me, uh, call me Webster over here. So that's where we'll start, though. Um, what is the definition of, of mercy? And uh, the definition that I found is comparis, uh, cap- compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm or to have power over. And, you know, right away, as you know, we think of, of, of God and he absolutely he has the power to punish or to harm, if you will. Um, you know, his, his, his wrath is against sin, and he has the power to, to punish that. He absolutely has that right, if you will. And, and he does. He does punish sin. It, he does eradicate it, which, by the way, is part of his mercy. You know, judgment is part of his mercy. And so his wrath is against sin, but he doesn't want to punish us for sin he chooses mercy instead and i just you know again when you think of that is that is the ultimate mercy he literally sacrifices himself for us in order to make a way for us to to not be a part of that wrath against sin he doesn't want to punish us oftentimes you know there's that old cliche cartoon character out there of god sitting on a cloud with a lightning bolt waiting for us to sin and and but that's not that's not the god that we serve god is in the business of saving that's zeus yeah that's zeus by the way right right um god's in the business of saving god's in the business of dwelling with us and so he's made the effort he has that way for us you know that's a very uncomfortable god naturally i don't think i would like him i prefer zeus right uh, because zeus justifies my inclinations to not be merciful because Mm. the way you define mercy is not simply i have the power to you know inflict someone but i choose to have compassion one thing is to simply have the power but you 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 nailed it when you said but you also have the right Mm -hmm. to do so right you know, you like I'm thinking about the, the challenge uh, our Jewish friends have in relation to the Holocaust. Mm. You know, many of them have a difficult time with Christianity because in the economy of Christianity, uh, Jesus told us there's no uh, limit to the ones, the people we should forgive. 
you know, we are to forgive everyone. Mm. And there are some people that are ethicists, people that study ethics, and they actually argue that there are things that should not be forgiven. Right. They, mm-hmm. they say, you know, mercy is for a, uh, for a certain context, but you can step yourself out of the context of mercy, that you can push the boundaries and be in a place where mercy no longer reaches you. But that paradigm, again, is a human construct. What I'm hearing from you, John, is mercy, mercy is way broader than the limits we place naturally, our natural inclination. We, we feel comfortable with saying, I can forgive you up to this point. Right. But the, the God we serve, when he calls us to be merciful, that boundary, he stretches way out. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, to break it down for someone simple like myself, you know, when we when we give mercy, it's almost we do it with a um, uh, with uh, strings attached. Mm-hmm. We want payback for that mercy. Yeah. Rather it be from the person that we give mercy to or that, you know, hey, God, look what I'm doing. I'm being merciful. You owe me now. Instead of doing the revenge, boom, at one blow, I do revenge on layaway. Right, and exactly. A time. And But God doesn't do that. God gives mercy. You know, God gave mercy to us at our ugliest. Mm. Um, he, was, he knows that uh, humanity has the choice to not accept it, and yet he continue, He He gives it anyway. So, yeah, you're, it, it is out of the boundary of what we're used to doing. Um, you know, when Christ asks this, you know, again, in, in the in the Beatitudes here, when he asks, uh, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, um, you know, he's he's asking us, he already knows because he was in he, he was there when we were created, he already knows that mercy is part of what we are. It is in our it's our it's in our DNA. We are born with it. But really what he's asking here with all of these He's asking, is it, but are you using it? Is, is it part of your actual character? Um, you know, again, keeping in mind the, the, the time frame here, the popular religion of the time, they didn't have any of this. They didn't have the meekness. They didn't strive for righteousness. And the mercy that um, they were supposed to be giving, well, the people they were supposed to be giving it to, they considered them lower than dogs. And it's really hard to give somebody unworthy mercy. mercy. Yeah, unworthy. Which is, uh, which is an oxymoron. I mean, you cannot say you are unworthy of mercy because mercy, by definition, means you are extending compassion to someone that does not deserve it. Right. Uh, so it's um, it's interesting how, you know, I've come to understand sin primarily not as a behavior, but as a distorted view of reality. Mm-hmm. And we, like you said, you know, we have this notion of mercy. Uh, but sin distorts it and perverts it, and we think we're being merciful. Mm-hmm. But in reality, all we're doing is exhibiting a modified version of pride. Mm. Um, you know, when we talk about the Bible characters, um, Psalms 51 is one of my favorite psalms. And in my beginning journey back to the Lord, <clears throat> when I discovered that psalm, I went back to it quite often. And I couldn't understand what attracted me to that. But it's the, how it begins. It begins with the words, have mercy on me, O God. Right. So it, it has a very uh, as a psalm that facilitates approaching God. Because you're not saying, well, God, I've been good for the past three days. Can we talk? It's, I haven't. You shouldn't listen to me. Right. Uh, there's no reason at all why you should take me back. 
but please have mercy. And, you know, David, you know, the Psalms, David, he knew who he was without God, right? He he was a murderer. He was an adulterer. I mean, he covered the gamut, and yet God calls him a man of, after, his after his own heart. Well, why is he a man after his own heart? Because he understood, look, I am sinful, and, you know, without your mercy, you know, that's why he, you know, he talks of mercy so much. Excuse me. <clears throat> uh, David knew that without God, he hated what he was without God, and he needed him. You so, know? as far as then this equation of mercy, what we are starting to discover, number one, is um, the, in and of ourselves, we will extend a perverted version of it a limited version of it. We determined, well, you are worthy of my mercy, uh, but you're not. Uh, but when, in God's economy, once we experience it, we begin to be confronted with the fact that um, maybe at one time I felt worthy of his mercy, <laughs> like I've done good works. You know, in a mm-hmm. previous podcast, we talked about the list, right. you know, creating a list. And my list is quite long, Lord, so I have a little bit of uh, money or spiritual value here to exchange with you hmm. for my, my failures. Hmm. But David had to come to grips with the fact that he had nothing. Right. And so that's when he experienced mercy from the Lord. And when I experienced mercy from God, it doesn't just simply say, oh, man, I'm off the hook, but rather it changes me. It right. helps me to see a fresh um, perspective in human relationships that I had not seen before because of how God treats me. God just forgave me. Mm-hmm. Why? Because He loves me. Uh, but He's forgiven me a huge thing. He has not just forgiven me me taking $5 from a little boy. He has forgiven me taking someone's wife, so, uh, killing that husband, getting that wife pregnant. All of these horrible things God has just right cleaned and I stand before his presence as if I've never committed those things that that um, does not leave you the same way uh, and that's why Jesus doesn't say blessed are those who have received mercy mm-hmm. but rather those that have received it and are now like you said are going to use it right I'm mm-hmm. going to be merciful right just be merciful and you know again I'm, I, I I always compare with what what the world is teaching again the world is saying you know hey pay it forward you know that's the that's a that's a term that's out there pay it forward because that means what what that implies is is that somehow you'll get paid back you know and god <laughs> god's not saying that you know he's saying he just wants it to be part of who you are we were talking earlier before we started about uh you know i i, I steal this from like a, yo- a yoga instructor would say one fluid movement right God gives us mercy, and through Christ, he gives us mercy, um, his love, all of that. And it should just be one fluid movement. That's what God's looking for. He's looking for us to give that to people, not to, again, check it off. See, I, re- I gave people mercy today. Uh, no, it's just who you are. It should be who we are. You know, you know? this. I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, trying to reminisce back before my conversion to now. And honestly, John, I am not comfortable with mercy naturally um you have to wonder right why some of the the pagan religions have become so popular or so easily accepted like the notion of karma Mm -hmm. you say you know pay it forward that sounds like karma Mm -hmm. to me you know you you do something good uh, it'll come back to you which really when you look at it underneath that layer of selfishness i'm going to do i want to be generous 
because someone will be generous to me. Right. I'm going to let this person off the hook because now I've accrued some universal brownie points so that in the future, if I need to get off the hook, that will return back to me. Mm -hmm. Mercy completely obliterates that because what Mercy says is what you actually deserve, there's no amount of good you could ever undo it with. Right. And so feed the homeless, you know, like Paul says, if I have no love, but even give my body to be burned in flames, I have nothing. Right. Um, There's nothing that I can do to atone for the condition I've been born in and the, the, the person sin has made me to be. And so mercy puts me in a, in a, in a condition of a complete dependence. Mm-hmm. And dependence is not a comfortable place for a human being. We love it, especially here in America. Mm-hmm. Right? We, we are independent. We are Americans. You know, we, we build things and we create things. Uh, but the gospel says uh, you need. Mm-hmm. And when you start with that, uh, you need mercy. Well, where do I get it? How much is it? Right. Can't afford it. Mm-hmm. It is is something that you don't deserve. Actually, it, the one thing you do you do deserve, you don't want, and what you would want, you don't deserve it. So, do you want mercy? Ah, uh, okay. But now, if you receive it, you have to be merciful. To you. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know about that second part, <laughs> right? Because that implies, John, that I like I need to let people off the hook without expecting anything back. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I need to forgive someone with no strings attached which is contrary to how we function. Right. Mercy is a foreign element to the natural human heart. It really is. And that kind of brings me to, you know, the, the thought I always have is, well, why? Right. I'm, I'm like that. I'm like that two year old toddler. Why? Why do we have to, you know, uh, give mercy to others? And, you know, cr- clearly Christ wants us to do that. He, you know, he, he talks about it often. And so uh, it, it leads to that. It is that that pride element. You know, what? What made Satan fall? It was pride, right? You know, the iniquity found in Satan was his pride. Rather, it was because he was so beautiful or, or you know, he was so intelligent, whatever it might be, all of those things. It was his pride. And to receive mercy, you need to be humbled. You need, you know, just like you said, no, it is really hard for us to accept the free lunch, if you will, or, or, or mercy. And it also goes against our pride to give mercy because when you truly put you know when you truly give mercy when you're truly giving your that real love it makes you vulnerable mm-hmm. and you might get hurt and that goes against our pride as well and giving mercy it, it, it you know you it may not be paid back and that may hurt our pride and just you know again it makes us vulnerable just like Christ hanging on the cross exposed him spiritually and physically, it it does the same to us too. It, it there's uh, I guess it's just something that you have to step into by faith because uh, yes, it sounds uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It definitely sounds like you're gonna be. I mean, we talked at the very first beatitude, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, oh no, what was the second one? We talked about um, the meek, mm-hmm. you know, doormat. Right, <laughs> right. Um, a merciful, merciful sounds weak. You know, merciful sounds. A softy, a, a person that will continually uh, allow you to abuse them, which is, is a false concept. Right. But there is that element of, yes, that there will be risks. And I guess God that is not asking us to do something that he himself has not done already. Because when you talk about Jesus um, being crucified, 
he was spat on and absorbed verbal abuse, emotional abuse, spiritual abuse, all the abuses that could be heaped up on, on a human being. He received it. And what allowed him mm. to receive that is who he is. Right. He could, you know, as he's having his nails, being his hands being pierced by nails, pray with sincerity, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. That's a merciful thought. That's a merciful being. Mm -hmm. It's not that he's forcing himself to do that, but that's just who God is. Right, right. Which begins to disarm us because we get up in arms, we get defensive. You know, sometimes um, I've forgotten to do something my wife has asked me to do, and uh, she hasn't said it, so I'm not bringing it up. But there's that guilty conscience mm -hmm. lingering, lingering. And so I'm expecting her to bring it up. And so my wife will begin to say, oh, by the way, and I get defensive, by the way, <laughs> because I think already she's going to, you know, uh, attack me. Mm -hmm. um, but what disarms me is that I, I, I give out, you know, I let it out of the bag. I say, well, I forgot because I was doing this and blah, 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 and, you, and you're always asking me to do many things. You just give me one thing in my list and I don't remember. <laughs> she's like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. What are you talking about? You, you, you were going to, you know, uh, already call me out that I forgot to do this. And she's like, no, but, but that's okay, honey. I'll take care of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that natural extension of mercy affects the person receiving it. Right. Or at least it should. Mm -hmm. um, and if you open your hearts to it, it begins to soften you. And I, I believe that that was God's intention one of the major intentions through his son Christ was to disarm us from our pride. Mm. Because the one thing that will keep you from receiving what you need most is your pride. Right. He washed Judas's priest uh, feet mm -hmm. uh, when Jesus was uh, at the Last Supper. In, in washing Judas's feet, Jesus was extending mercy to him. He was extending mercy to Peter right. and to all the disciples. Here's something that you don't deserve. I am your master. You should be doing this to me. But I'm going to show you how my kingdom functions. Right. And that act of humility on the part of God should have disarmed the disciples. But for Judas, I believe it, it, it completely shut his heart to him because he was like, if this is what it means to be a disciple of Jesus, I'm out. Mm. And that's something that I think we need to really consider. You know, if being a Christian means I need to forgive my spouse that cheated on me, I'm out. Then what you're what you're experiencing is the the resistance, the natural resistance, when we are confronted as to what mercy truly entails. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus tells us um, that our Father in heaven will forgive us, but if we choose not to forgive others, our Father in heaven also cannot forgive us. Right. Uh, mercy is a one fluid movement, but I, if I stop it then there's just no movement mm -hmm. towards me because I refuse it to give it to others. Right. You know, Paul. It makes me think of Paul, Romans 12. He says, uh, you know, I beseech you, therefore, this is 12, verse 1, uh, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, to me, that means this is the least you can do, mm -hmm. to sacrifice, to be a living sacrifice. Out of all that we receive from God, what is our reasonable service is to just, again, to be connected to him and to, because again, we have to be careful. I, I, you know, I think we all deal with this. We have to be careful of this 
again, trying to pay God back in a way. You know, God says I should be merciful, so I'm going to go and, you know, I'm going to be nice to cats. You know what I mean? But, I mean, that's... Feed the squirrels. Right, I'll, I'll feed the squirrels. Or And I always find that interesting, too. You know, we can be... You know, being good to kids, yeah, that's we'll give them mercy. The elderly, you know, as long as they're not too burdensome, we'll give them a little mercy too, right? Animals, okay, but there's no mercy for people between like the ages of 20 to 70, right? It's you know, we deal with those people every day and they're horrible. We don't give them any mercy, it seems like they don't deserve it, right? they don't deserve it, right? They should know better. Um, but this is asking us to again that 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 living sacrifice. What is what is being sacrificed is our love of sin ultimately, and our love of self, our love of self which is is sinful, and it, it it gets us again connected to God. That that staying connected to God that is our reasonable. That's the least we can do. I want to pick your brain because I have a word in my mind. What what would you say is the opposite of mercy? Ooh, what is the opposite of mercy? Um, I guess just off the top of my head, it would be wrath. All right. Uh, off the top of my head, I thought revenge, mm-hmm. which goes kind of the same, wrath. right? Yeah. Uh, so the opposite of wrath, I mean, of mercy is revenge. And the Bible does speak of, of God, you know, taking vengeance and mm-hmm. coming with vengeance. But you said it earlier, his vengeance is towards sin. Sin, right. Not sinners. Right. Our vengeance is towards sinners. Right. Not sin. Not sin. Um, which begins to confront you know uh i i need to let it go Mm -hmm. a lot of times we want to forgive and yet hold on to revenge right that person did something to me i'll forgive them after i give them a black eye Mm -hmm. you know because they gave me a black eye one of the principles that i found in the bible john is um you see this in um the descendants of cain there was one of them that had two wives he was the first one to practice polygamy and he makes a statement. When Cain sinned, God said, you know, if someone does something to you, um, seven times will be avenged on that person for harming you. Mm. Try to assure Cain that I'm, I, I'm not against you. You're the one against me. Right. Well, this descendant of Cain says, if Cain was avenged seven times, then I will be avenged 70 times. Mm. And he says that after he kills a man for hurting him. The Bible says that some men wounded him so he kills him. Our revenge is not has nothing to do with, with justice um, or vengeance as far as God is concerned. God's vengeance is synonymous with his justice. And he will only inflict that which is just. Our revenge has nothing to do with justice because um, when Jesus says, you know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, um, Jesus, uh, when he quotes that, many people think, well, he was trying to undo Moses. What God was, Jesus was trying to do is bring back the principle of why he, it was God that said tooth for tooth, um, uh, bone for bone, eye for an eye. Mm-hmm. That's justice. Revenge has nothing to do with justice. If you pull up my eye out, I'm going to cut your head off. Mm-hmm. And that's what we see in the world. You cut me off, I'm going to pull <laughs> out and shoot you down. Mm-hmm. Revenge always undoes justice. We want to overdo our uh, the, the wrath that comes upon us causes to overdo whatever was done to us right and mercy that's why mercy for me becomes not that big of a struggle because i want to i really want to wring your neck and now mercy says i actually have to massage you mm. <laughs> i actually have to let it go mm-hmm. i have to walk away from you and treat you as if you've never done that to me that's supernatural right amen it is to be merciful um, at, at a heart 
humbles us right off the bat because you and I can't. It, unless the grace of God creates that miracle of grace within us, we I will never be able to be merciful to anyone else. The best I can offer you is revenge. Right. That's it. Amen. Yeah. I, 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 you said it best. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you, I guess, so the question is, you know, how do we... Um, how do we obtain this? How do we continue? Well, you, you said, you know, earlier, um, you talked about this connection. Mm-hmm. Unless we are connected. And you had uh, written this verse down as we were talking about the, at the beginning of this episode, some of the verses we were going to address. And I, and I told you Micah mm-hmm. 6.8. And he's like, yeah, I wrote that one down too. Um, Micah 6.8 says, he has told you, O man, what is good. Mm. It's no big secret. Right. And what does the Lord require of you? To do justice, to love mercy, and what you said, to walk humbly with your God. Amen. The connection. You and I will not be able to be merciful to anyone, um, even if we wanted to, Mm -hmm. um, unless we are connected with the Lord. Because as I'm walking with the Lord, I cannot walk with the Lord prideful. Because the verse says, walk humbly with your God, which mm. means God's already in the path of humility. Will I join him? Right. Because mercy requires me to have a humble approach to other people's uh, conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, if God was merciful to me, it means that God extended something I didn't deserve. And if I'm going to be walking to get to look with the Lord, it's not that I have to, it's that he'll empower me to, which is a very different uh, thinking. Mm-hmm. Following God makes us really, it it does challenges us challenge us to uh, step out of ourselves, and to like you were just talking about. To we have the tendency to put our story on other people, and that may not be where they're coming from at all. And that is really hard for us to figure out. And it's only from an outside source that we can even begin to dissect that from. You know, so. Uh, you know, again, just having that cliche would be giving people the benefit of the doubt type of thing, but it's really stepping outside of yourself and maybe it's not necessarily what you've already put on them. You know, the reason that it, revenge is unjust is because there's a lot of circumstantial evidence that we have made up. <laughs> Whoa, you know, that's powerful. so that's, powerful. that's the reason that it's unjust because we don't know. But we have fill we have filled in a lot of blanks. <laughs> wow, so powerful, John. Um, you know, you, you made me think about this filling the blanks stuff. How Jesus did it. Um, I'm thinking about Zacchaeus. Um, I wonder how what kind of names he received from his own people. Mm-hmm. Right? If they called Jesus Beelzebub and all these things, I wonder what Zacchaeus got called. Right, uh, either to his face or behind his back. And Zacchaeus got used to being rejected verbally, people filling in the blanks as to who he is. Mm-hmm. He's greedy, he's crooked, plus whatever else may have been said about him. But when Jesus eats with him, he calls him a son of Abraham. Mm. There's a book called His Hour of Ages that says that when Jesus looked at human beings, every human being, he, he saw the potential of what they could become in him right. through his righteousness, through his grace. And maybe that is something that we can begin to experience and we have a choice to embrace as the Holy Spirit begins to say, you have two options to fill in the blanks here. Your own, that will lead you to this disproportionate revenge, mm-hmm. or grace. What, what 
could this person be or who is this person in Christ? Right. Can you see what this person would be like under the power of my grace? And maybe I can use you for that person to experience grace through mercy. Mm. If this person were to experience mercy from you, what would that mercy do to that person? Because that's what Jesus did with Zacchaeus. Mm -hmm. He said, I have to eat in your house. Zacchaeus didn't deserve that. Zacchaeus didn't even dare to ask for that. Jesus offered. Um, that's mercy. And it changed him. Amen. So right. maybe the, the, the evangelism, the, the effective evangelism that can take place in within our sphere of influence is mercy melts hearts. Mercy allows people to experience God's grace in a tangible form through me extending it to them. Like you said, one fluid movement. Right. Yep. Amen. <laughs> I have nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> this is powerful, brother. And I appreciated that insight of uh, how the circumstantial evidence that justifies our revenge mm -hmm. is of my own making up. Right. I feel that in myself. Um, I hope that this will uh, in encourage our friends to not simply say, wow, that was nice, but go back. Go back and read through these on your own because there's way more than we have, don't have time to cover. Right. But as far as um, what we have right now is an invitation. Will you extend mercy? Will you be an agent of grace in other people's lives so that God can touch them and others can experience grace through you? Amen.